You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, I pray at this time that ultimately, not my words, but your living word, Jesus, your son, would go forth and bring to us the life and the salvation found therein. Amen. I invite you along with me uh, this morning to reflect uh, on this portion uh, from Matthew's Gospel. We hear of the flight of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus uh, into Egypt uh, as Herod uh, is bent uh, on the destruction of Jesus, as Herod is bent on um, the destruction of one who would supplant him, one um, who would replace um, his rule and his reign. Of course, um, um, it was futile. Um, but futility um, doesn't seem to stop villains, um, does it? Uh, and Herod um, pursues Jesus, and we hear um, that Joseph once again uh, is spoken to in a dream. Once again, God graciously and necessarily steps in at just the right moment um, to provide his gracious provision, to give his gracious guidance um, to Joseph and Mary and Jesus. And, and we see in the midst of all of the hostility uh, and all of the violence and all of the opposition of the world um, that the gracious plan and purposes of God will not be thwarted. Um, God will continue to carry out his purpose of our redemption and our salvation. And it reminds me of some words said by a friend of mine um, years ago, and those words are, um, I'll give you um, the next step. Uh, my buddy was um, a colleague in ministry and um, discerned uh, a call to leave Charleston and return home to Virginia, uh, where he and his wife were from. And, uh, and there were some things ministry-wise lined up for him, but certainly, um, certainly not enough. Things were um, certainly incomplete for them. And to add um, to the drama of the situation, he and his wife had tried for 16 years um, to have a child unsuccessfully. And in the span of two years, uh, they had two sets of twins. Um, and, and I think that is, uh, that is the definition of zero to 60. Um, so in the span of, of two years, 16 years of, of hopes and prayers uh, and no children, and then in the space uh, of two years, two sets of twins. And so they are moving away um, to, uh, back to Virginia, uh, leaving Charleston and uh, with uh, their uh, now family of six. And at the last minute, unable to sell his house, he was able um, to rent it. And when he called me, he was telling me about what happened. And what happened was this. Uh, he got a call from the renters that there was an issue. Uh, he sent people out and it turned out the house had termites. Um, and so, of course, he did what every good Christian um, does. He panicked. Um, and, and along with the panic, a certain healthy dose of blame and self-loathing as well. And he's recapping um, all of this to me. And he said, you know, Craig, I can't believe um, I, I've allowed our, our family to get into this situation. I, I should have had a plan. Uh, I should have had something in place, but I have nothing in place. I, I, can't, I can't pay for the repairs. 
And he said, no one's going to give me the money. And if they give me the money, I'm not going to be able um, to repay the money. And, and again, uh, you can imagine, you can put yourself in that type of situation. We've all um, had some situation or another where um, our delusion of control is uh, pulled away from us. Uh, and we begin to um, spiral in that particular moment. And uh, as he spiraled, he said, he said that, Craig, I know this is going to sound cliche, uh, but I began to pray, and as I began to pray, um, it was as if I heard God saying to me, I love you. I've always loved you. Uh, I've always been there for you. Uh, I'm not going um, to forsake you. And, of course, all of us long to hear those words in our life, do we not? To hear, um, and all of us, quite frankly, regardless um, of how often we hear them, um, how often do we need to hear them? Just a little bit more. Um, to be reminded um, that we um, are loved, to be reminded um, that we are cherished, to be reminded that we will not be forsaken. We need to hear those words from the people who are close to us in our lives, whom we love, and, and we certainly long um, to hear those words from God as well. And so he, um, he, he heard those wonderful, gracious words from God. Uh, the termites were still in his house. Um, and uh, he, of course, was, was grateful for that. But then this is what he said to me next. And, and you may not find this as, as theologically profound as I do. But uh, this is what he heard next. He said, Craig, as it was as if I heard God saying to me, I will give you the next step. I will give you um, the next step. And the reason I think that is so profoundly true is because God reveals his gracious nature and character to us and says that he's a shepherd. Uh, he is a shepherd who is with us and he is a shepherd who is going before us. But I, I so resonated with my friend because we're final chapter people, aren't we? Particularly in, in, in situations which are trying, which are uncertain, which cause um, anxiety. What do you wanna know? You wanna know how it's gonna work out. You want to know um, the final chapter. You want to know, um, yes, it's great to know that you love me, but how is it going to be resolved? Um, how um, are you going to fix this situation? Uh, and what he heard is what's so entirely true. Um, I will give you um, the next step. If you step back uh, and think about um, your life, and certainly as I think about mine, um, it's a terrifying thought if we knew everything that was going to happen, isn't it? Can you imagine uh, if you knew everything um, that was going to happen um, in your life? It's, it's too much for us. Uh, it's entirely too much uh, for you and for me. Psalm 139 is, is a beautiful psalm. And one of the things that the psalmist says in Psalm 139 is, Oh Lord, you've searched me out and known me. You've knit me together in the mother's womb. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. But he goes on um, and says, Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heights, you're there. Uh, if I go to the depths, um, you are there also. There's nowhere that I can flee from your presence. And he goes on to say the words, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Um, I cannot um, attain to it. Uh, what is too much for you and for me is not too much for God. And, and wonderfully, graciously, he comes to us um, as a shepherd to be with us uh, and go before us indeed um, to give us um, the next step. And again and again in Joseph's life, we see that happening when he finds out that his betrothed um, is pregnant uh, as the Magi um, appear and bring offerings uh, and gifts uh, and the shepherds um, and 
the angels as he's warned of Herod's attempts to destroy them. Again and again and again, he finds that God gives them the next step. And they travel to Egypt, and after a period of time there, um, that word comes to them again, that word of the next step. It's, it's time, it's time to return. Uh, and we hear that Matthew references those words from Hosea 11. Uh, Out of Egypt, um, I called my son. And if you remember anything about uh, the book of the prophet Hosea, it is a, a magnificent book of prophecy that's not safe for the whole family. Um, it, is, it is entirely, um, it, it calls out the human condition um, in stark uh, and jarring words. Uh, and what Hosea is given by a word of commission, he says, uh, go and take an unfaithful spouse because my people um, are unfaithful people. Um, they chase after other gods. They chase after false gods. They chase after fraudulent gods. That is the commission um, which is given to Hosea and Hosea and his wife Gomer. Uh, again and again, he says, this is it. Um, I will not take her back. And again and again, we hear um, that he does. But Hosea 11, that which Matthew references, is, um, I believe, among one of the more beautiful passages uh, of scripture. Uh, in the midst of Hosea's prophecy, God gives him these words to speak to the people. And they are beautiful words. They are gracious words. And I read them to you now. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the balls and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of loving kindness, with the bands of love. And I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws, and I bent down to them and fed them. And he goes on and speaks to the challenges and the trials which they will face. They shall not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king. Because they have refused to return to me, the sword shall rage against their cities, consume the bars of their gates, and devour them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on turning away from me, and though they call out to the Most High, he shall not raise them up um, at all. He speaks to that which uh, the psalmist uh, speaks to today when we hear that the people who are pilgrims, pilgrims the people who are traveling um, to Jerusalem, the people who are traveling to um, what they believe and know as the dwelling place of God, that we hear that in um, the times of hardship and times of deprivation, that God will provide for them pools of water, um, that God will provide for them refreshment. But uh, I, I finish with this portion from Hosea 11, because here the word of God spoken um, to the people. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. We hear, again, necessarily that gracious um, character of God, and we see in this portion of the gospel this morning God's fulfillment of that promise. Uh, 
that God will not come in wrath to destroy uh, in his people, that God will come in grace and mercy to deliver us. And of course, we see um, as they return from Egypt, as Jesus grows, as his public ministry begins, uh, as he makes his way um, to the cross, that that wrath of God will be absorbed in God's own self uh, in the cross uh, and through the resurrection. Rather than wrath, what we receive uh, is the fierce grace and mercy of God that we have uh, the knowledge um, in our lives of that gracious character of God who promises to be with us like a shepherd, uh, with us and going before us. And rather than promises of fleeting comfort, he gives us ultimate comfort, that he will be with us always, um, that he will give us um, the next step, uh, that his heart toward us has grown gracious, uh, that has grown warm, that has grown um, tender, that we are recipients uh, of his grace and of his mercy, uh, the knowledge that he is with us and going before us. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Most gracious God, we give you thanks that um, you do visit us uh, in Jesus, your son, uh, that you traveled ultimately um, give the deliverance uh, from all that rages against you to give us uh, ultimate and full and final security. I pray that we would turn to you uh, and that as we turn to you, we find that you actually turn us toward yourself, that we might have in you the security um, we long for, that gracious presence. And this we ask, this we offer now in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.